Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, March 26, 2021. I'm your host, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is Spawn on Me's Khalif Adams. Yo, what up? What up? What up, everybody? What up, KF fam? What up, everybody? Bless Barrett. I love y'all. Uh, it's been too long. It's been unreasonable that I have not been on here. And Paris has been on too many goddamn shows, and I'm mad about it. It's a crime. I've not I've not said this on content because I've been trying to keep the relationship cool. But I've been saying this. At least I've been saying this all content in in, in the background. We need more Khalif. We need less, less Paris. All right. I'm I on mean, Team Khalif. I, I I I see all the back and forths on Twitter. I see y'all talking about each other's ribs, and I'm like, I don't know, man. The ribs seem fine. Khalif's ribs ribs seem all right. Today Look. today is the day it's happening too because Khalif is not only here joining us for Kind of Funny Games Daily, but later today we are recording the Kind of Funny X Cast over on Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games where Khalif will be joining us. It this is, is going to be black. This is Khalif Day on on Kind of Funny, and we're going to start off. We got a lot of stuff we're doing with you, Khalif. First and foremost, I want to congratulate you. You're hosting the Dice Awards. With Je- Jessica Chobot and a nobody and a nobody named Greg Miller, congratulations! That's awesome. Yo, That's thank, awesome. Thank How's you, it thank feel? You, thank you for that. It is it is wild because literally last year, I was I was sitting at home. Well, actually, the year before last year, two years ago, I was like bucket list thing I would love to do is to go host Dice or, or at least to be at Dice, just to go into the the space and just hang out and be in the room. Then the year after that, I get an invite to go to Dice, which is an extremely exclusive thing. It's, it's people don't understand how nuts Dice is in comparison to even a thing like GDC, which is again another very very important part of the ecosystem in terms of the gaming industry. And now a year after that, I'm getting to host that bad boy with Jessica and Greg. It is a wild time here yeah. in Chicago. It is it is very very cool. I'm celebrating. I'm taking in all the good energy. It feels good. Yeah, no, like that's such an awesome thing. I got so hyped when I saw that being announced the other day. Uh, so I want to shout out to that. I also want to shout out because you're launching new merch. Do you want to talk about this? Barrett, you have images that you can pull up. What's up Yo. with this new merch that you got going on? Yo, we have moved stores. Shout out to that that photo right there, especially for folks who are watching, because one of the things people have been asking for for a while has been, Yo, when are y'all getting hats? When, when are hats going to be, become a thing for Spawn on Me? We got hats now. Our friends, we have moved over to our friends over at High Score Tees. Uh, we're launching our new store today. It is live right now. You can go to bit.ly slash SOM gear, some gear, uh, and you can check out the new stuff we have there. We got sweatpants. Now we got all over prints with the with with Spawn Beat logos all over the journey. Look super dope. You got hats. We got the new Welcome to Chicago shirt that I'm rocking right now with the it's hot. power fist on it. It's looking real good. I appreciate the spot on me merch. Right? Like, I'm I'm wearing my spot on me shirt right now, and I feel like you're looking real each, good, blessed. With each new shirt y'all release, you know the the merch only gets hotter and hotter. Y- y'all keep killing it, Bear. If you can scroll through, show us what else we got. And and yeah. again, like it's it's dope. That's on the back of the shirt. That's the new Psalm Bad shirt. It's we have really good stuff. I think that you know I will I will t- toot our own horn to say that we have not only some of the best gaming merch on the planet, you have mm-hmm. some of the best podcast merch on the planet. I think I agree. People, people like it. People rock it. I think it's some good stuff on there. And I think, you know, again, check it out. Let me know what you think. Where can uh, people check it out? You can go to bit.ly slash somgear, S-O-M-G-E-A-R. That's the short link. The long link is high score tees slash collections slash spawn on me. And again, massive shout out to the fo- the folks over at high score tees. You know, we we went to them because they understand how to how to kind of rock with um, not only gamer merch, but they've been doing stuff with so many different creators over the past couple of years because they're connected to Rare Drop, which is a huge mm-hmm. level up for us as well. So we're going to be, you know, our old store is still there. If you're looking for some of the older designs, we're going to be moving some of them over uh, uh, in the next couple of months, but some of them may be going away. So if you want to snag those, you can catch those at, at the old link, which I'll be posting, you know, towards the end of the show on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, cop the stuff that you can now because some of that old stuff is going to go away, but we have new joints coming in, in, in and I think they're pretty dope. That's awesome. Definitely go check that out. Bit.ly slash SOM gear if you want to check that out. But for now, Ka, let's talk about details on the next Call of Duty. Hades winning Ooh. big at the BAFTAs and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news needs to know about. If you're watching live and correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash Games, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around... 
the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show at patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you it's a big day for kind of funny reactions today over on youtube.com slash kind of funny you can catch Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode 2 Reactions, Invincible Reactions, and our Suicide Squad trailer reaction. That is all going up this morning on YouTube.com slash kind of funny by the time you get this later in the day. If you're watching live, it's not all up right now because they're literally in the process of recording that (laughs) stuff. But in a few hours, you can get all that content right there on YouTube.com slash kind of funny. And then next Wednesday, after KFGD, Greg Stream is raising money for American Heart Association. Uh, You can tune in for the normal Wednesday stream, but this time it's for a good cause. So make sure you tune in to support. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Mick at the Nanobiologist, Abrahamson, Blackjack, and Shrimp Berry. Today we're brought to you by DoorDash, Gabby, and Game Attack, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. And I'm actually going to start with a 0.5 because I know people are going to be asking about this one, but we don't have it as an official news story, mainly because, one, it was happening hot. It was happening right before the the uh, show when you had our team meeting, and so we didn't really have the time to tune in, tune in for it. And also, it didn't seem like there were big headlines about it, but I know people want to want to hear about it. Khalif, did you catch the ID at Xbox stream that went down today? I did watch some of it. There was some... some We got to talk about, and I know I didn't get a chance to see all of it because I was like in work doing work meetings and stuff, but there mm-hmm. were some games in there. That when we talk about what the concept around ID at Xbox kind of was in the beginning phases of it, it was really like this is going to be the foray into the indie space that Microsoft kind of missed during the era of the PS3 when PS3 was super, super high on the indie space. And the leaps and bounds of terms of quality and quantity of fantastic stuff that they put into that thing has been nuts. Yeah. Uh, so to be able to see where they've kind of landed now with some of the games they showed it's it's cool the stuff that they're pushing out right now yeah and people in chat are telling me that it's actually still happening and that it's four hours long which it's i didn't realize because it started at, it started at nine so i assume that it would be like a cool an hour long 30 minute chat. thing but no it's it's still going on let me Thanks know, for that update chat tag me if uh tunic gets a release date i would okay. personally <laughs> like to know because i've been waiting for that game for a, a few years that and then also it's on my fantasy critic league so that'd be cool if i could you know oh that's a mistake come. barrett you should what? know that's a mistake what tunic <laughs> tunic tunic has been one of those games that's been announced for years and every year i, I i'm I, i'm with you that every year i'm like this is the year mm. i'm excited tunic Wait, right. cool. here's the no here's the difference though this year uh blessing mm-hmm. and this is why that i do appreciate even though i don't have an xbox that's why i do appreciate directing kind of funny's x cast is that uh at the beginning of the year xbox put out or maybe at the end of last year xbox put out a video of like all of the games of their 2021 slate and tunic was in that video Mm. Tunic has been in that in that space for a long time where people if first got announced at least what four years ago or something like that and at least as being a thing and now it is the one game that everyone's like yo where's Tunic at where's that game at we still haven't seen that game where's that game at just give um, me just give me little fox x uh uh indie xbox zelda yeah. I, just, I want yeah. that little fox please it's it's crazy too that, that 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 game has been at so many paxes you know i've gotten to try out that game a few a few times now over the years and each time i'm like just give it to me just release it man just put it out there let me play it uh i'm also excited for 12 minutes i hope that shows up 12 minutes oh, that's the game that, that's a game that what was slated for late last year got pushed to this year and i think everybody is is on the edge of their seat waiting for them to show more stuff let us actually play that game because that game looks so good like i uh, said Annapurna don't miss. Annapurna doesn't miss. And I'm very Annapurna excited for all miss. Annapurna's games this year. And then also um, uh, Drinkbox announced on their Twitter that they're going to have a new game show up. And so I'm excited for whatever Ooh. that is because I haven't, I haven't uh, uh, jumped into a Drinkbox, Drinkbox game since Severed. And I love I love the first oh, Guacamelee. Yeah. I love Severed. Oh, bless. Uh, Have you not yeah, played Guacamelee 2 then? No, nah, I, I skipped out on Guacamelee 2. 2 is good. I would say 2 is the, like... Gameplay wise, I think it takes a little uh, too long to get into like what two offers. Um, uh, that makes it special. Yeah, that makes it special. But like when you do get there, it is really good. And also, I think like the humor is amped up way more. It's just like overall, I think two I like more uh, personally. Yeah. But that's just me. They found they found a sweet spot with two. Awesome. We'll keep our eyes on that stream. If there are any big headlines that pop up, we'll maybe see if we can we can check in on Nibel on Twitter or something. We're we'll talking about it on Monday. Uh, but for now, our actual story number one. It's about Call of Duty. 
Story number one, this year's Call of Duty returns to World War II. I'm going to pull from Wesley Yinpool at Eurogamer. This year's Call of Duty returns to World War II according to fresh reports in part verified by Eurogamer. Modern Warzone reported this year's new Call of Duty is in development at Sledgehammer Games, makers of 2017's well-received Call of Duty World War II, and is due out late 2021. Eurogamer sources have, indicate this, have indicated this is indeed true. Modern Warzone also reports this game is codenamed Call of Duty World War II Vanguard, and reports the name will be changed in the future. While this may indeed be the case, Eurogamer understands Activision's current plan is to stick with the Vanguard subtitle for the final version. Modern Warzone also reports the entire game takes place in an alternate, alternate timeline where 1945 wasn't the end of World War II and is set in the 1950s. Eurogamer understands this detail isn't quite right and Vanguard has a traditional World War II setting. An open question is whether Vanguard is set for integration with Warzone. Uh, Black Ops Cold War was announced within Warzone, and its integration into the Battle Royale, while suffering from significant problems, clearly boosted sales of Treyarch's shooter. With Warzone set for a cataclysmic zombie-fueled nuke event in the near future, one, one that reportedly will usher in a significant 80s-themed map change for Verdansk, the question is, the question is this. Is Warzone set for a World War II-themed change in the future also? Ka. I, you're a big Call of Duty person. I know you love playing the Warzone. You love playing yeah. Call of Duties. Does this one surprise you that Sledgehammer would be returning to World War II? I'm surprised anybody is going back to World War II. Stop playing games in World War II. Nobody wants more World War II games. They have whack-ass weapons that shoot like old old guns because they're old-ass guns. Because no I haven't gotten games. enough of them yet. We've got dozens of World War II games, and I need more. Hey, Barrett, I got four <laughs> games that have an M1 Garand in it. You want one of those games? No one wants those games because they're old as shit. Nobody wants those guns. But I really need to Nobody know the story them. of World War II, Ka. I've never hey, heard of it before. I hey, need to see it in a video game for the first time ever. Hey, I, I, just want I just want to interrupt this and say in chat, Paris just appeared to say, uh, kind of funny, bad cooking daily. <laughs> Wow, which I think wanna, is a hilarious bird. <laughs> if you want to go and switch things from work from from old stuff to old stuff, let's talk about Paris. No one wants Paris, and nobody wants World War II games. Let's talk about that because both things are old and both <laughs> things are bad. Let's talk about that real fast. Shout out to the chat. Shout out, I love you, Paris. But I'm saying no one wants this anymore. We are so tired. Of the what's World the right, War II so version? What's what's the right move? Because I remember just a few years ago, people were saying the exact same thing about future in Call of Duty. We're tired of we're tired of the wall running. We're tired of the future tech. We want to go back to something more traditional. What is the balance there? What 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 should Call of Duty do next? Interestingly enough, because of the conversations around Six Days in Fallujah, I think that there is a way to put stuff in that era of the of of conflicts that we've seen. I think that there's space to do it there. Black uh, uh, Black Ops went back to um, uh, Vietnam for a little bit. Mm -hmm. They did they did some kind of side content there. I think there's an interesting conflict there. Like again, if you're gonna do this stuff, and Battlefield hasn't said that they're gonna do the thing that I want, which is going to the far future, which is again like make the twenty four twenty one forty two game of the new era. Call of Duty can do that version of it. Go super wild. You're not shooting bullets. You're shooting GI Joe laser guns. And stuff like that. Like, go there so that we can stop trying to figure out how to shoehorn everything within this one conflict where we know everything that has happened, we know all the stories, and we know we already beat the Nazis' asses. We already understand that. Stop putting old mm -hmm. stuff in dope games and you can be putting new stuff in. This is one that doesn't surprise me as much because World War II, Call of Duty World War II a few years ago was pretty well received as far as I can as, as far as I can see, right? Like I I don't remember people having too much of an issue with that one. Aside from fatigue with with old war old war games, it seems like Sledgehammer has found a nice bag there uh, in terms mm -hmm. of something something that they're comfortable with that they could they could do well. The thing that fascinates me about this story though is what integration with Warzone looks like. Because Warzone is that 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 game that came through and kind of helped reignite Call of Duty excitement. You know, like call, pe people were people were always there for Call of Duty. Call of Duty has always been popular. Call Call right. of Duty might always be popular, but Warzone really came through and really brought in uh, uh, a lot of people back into Call of Duty that might have lapsed. Brought in the people who were into battle royales back into Call of Duty in ways that Blackout didn't do as much when it came out in in in, in that Black Ops game. Um, and so I wonder. Right now, with where Warzone is at, because the the article does mention that they're trying to do Call of Duty, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War stuff within Warzone, and they're they're right. struggling a bit. Like that stuff's gotten uh, uh, delayed out. I wonder 
I wonder what that strategy looks like for Call of Duty. Like, Cod, do you, as somebody who plays, who, who's played Warzone, is there a vision that you see that they should take when it comes to how to integrate their new games into, into Warzone? Well, I mean, the thing is that with Warzone, the, 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 the thing that makes Warzone fantastic is you get into a rhythm. When you figure out the rhythm of the map, even, you know, because the thing that people forget about, like, Battle Royales is that even though the map is constantly kind of changing in terms of the circle, there are routes, basically, in any Call of Duty game. You figure that in Battle in, in, in Warzone, you figure that in kind of normal multiplayer. Once you've figured out what that cadence is, then you can kind of maneuver around what the map is supposed to was supposed to be. And then everything else is the minutia of what everyone else is kind of doing around you. The thing that makes Call of Duty games great is the fact that every gun feels good. And if you can continue to nail those parts of what happens in that space, the map itself is kind of like an afterthought. And, and you can skin it however ways you however ways you want. It then de- then becomes more about, you know, do do the fights feel fair? Do I does it feel like I am in a spot where I can both be able to have cover and be able to get a good line of sight on most people who I need to shoot? And then that's the part that they need to really focus on. It's maps, it's map flow. It's less about actual like skinning of the map to do cool stuff. The thing that they've done really well, and I would say is the kind of more future facing thing that I actually am having the most fun with is zombies because it keeps changing the map styles. It keeps changing and adding really fun parts to what's happening in the map. Yeah. There's a cool, and, there's a cool thing with now where when you, when you got, go, uh, dive into Warzone, you'll, you'll see the names of each of the different areas of the map. And then one of yeah. them will be crossed out because it's a quarantine zone where zombies have infested. And if you go there and you take out the zombies, you can then get cool loot and that, that zone just, uh, rotates. And so it'll be a different, uh, different area every, I don't know if it's each round or if it's like each week or however, however they do it but it's a cool idea that I, I like for warzone what what i would like to see them do and this would be a really hard thing to for them to figure out is <clears throat> you know in a new ratchet and clank game where you're basically pulling yourself through time imagine if you did that in warzone bro that'd be dope. so see, that'd be that, cool so that, uh, that that is actually something i've thought about as i was yeah. reading through the story i was like okay so <clears throat> warzone is this thing that probably wants to evolve and wants to be this ever rotating thing keeping up with the new call of duty of the year yeah i do think it could be a cool idea if you are going from uh 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 i jump if if let's say warzone evolves into call of duty black ops cold war and they do like fat uh uh travel into travel forward into time and then when call of duty world war ii comes out they travel back into time yeah. like i think that could present some cool opportunities because warzone is this thing where I mean there is zombies there is zombies in Warzone, which means that rules are out in terms of what the rules for this world is. It's not necessarily even though it looks like it's it's supposed to be grounded, it's not entirely grounded. And it's not at the same time it's not Fortnite that is cartoony and is able to do all this wild shit and bring in Thor and bring in uh uh Lara Croft and Kratos and all these different characters. Yeah. Warzone doesn't I don't think that's don't I don't think can have that benefit because it, it probably takes more work. They don't have the same uh deal making abilities as Fortnite, especially because it's a rated M game. There's all, probably a lot of different factors that fall into that in terms of popularity and whatever it may be. But they're not they're not able to do that on the level level of Fortnite. I wonder for them if being able to do something big and dynamic like travel back into time and turn that into a big moment for Warzone that re- that reignites it once again and it also promotes the next Call of Duty is the move for them. Here's a, here's a really interesting way to do that. So the way most battle royales work is you have the circle that your wind up in is squeezing in on you and then that outside area is where you die. Imagine if you had both happening at the same time because they have era specific maps that are happening. So you have the Miami map, which is an 80s is an 80s theme map. You have a lot of the Cold War stuff that's 80s themed in that respect. So imagine if you have two circles basically working in tandem. You have the outside kind of squishing you in to make sure that you're kind of moving towards the center of the map. And then you have a circle that is whatever that time displacement thing is, which they have in which they have in uh, Zombies, which is a big kind of crystal thing that you touch and you move to the next part of the map. That is basically warping time and space outward so that at a certain amount of time, then you wind up going wrong. You have this, oh, the, the, the map is changing. It's skin different. And then you go, well, and then it goes changed again, you know, every, every couple of minutes or whatever. Um, imagine you're doing that. That adds that layer of uh, transformative uh, of gameplay where you're seeing things kind of move, but also keeping Warzone as its, as its singular kind of battle royale focus. I think that there are ways to do it. 
technically that is a monstrous thing when they can't get chat to work in game. So I don't even know how they would get that to work. But <laughs> I think it would yeah. be interesting to see how it would wind up kind of playing itself in, into the, the way it kind of would, would work. Yeah, I think that's that's a rough thing, too, is for the times I've played Warzone, I played it on my PlayStation console, and it is not always running the best. It, it can be very janky in some places. Sometimes yeah. I'll land in and the te- textures aren't completely lo- loaded in. And so technically it is this juggernaut that it seems like they're trying to keep up with and trying to make sure uh, actually runs on the ground level <laughs> before they they layer in all these other technical aspects into the game. Whereas on the other side of the, the fence, right, Fortnite is this thing that run, runs on oh. um, Unreal Engine. Epic has that thing down. That thing runs beautifully. And then also they're able to do these cool events that have all these different flashy things going on uh, and make it work because they ha- they they have grips on what that engine is and what yep. that game the game is technically um, allowing them to do, to, to do all this crazy shit. I do want to see crazy shit out of Warzone, though. Yeah. I think that, I think I the, um, the article mentions that um, uh, the while suffering from significant problems, uh, Warzone clearly boosted sales of Treyarch shooter, talking about Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. And I think that is a fascinating concept, that somehow Call of Duty can sell more based on this free-to-play uh, 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 Battle Royale game that they have existing in perpetuity. I think that's such a, that's such a fascinating thing that you can connect those two things and have them work syner- uh, synergistically in that way and make them both uplift each other and i expect expect them to do that in some way moving forward even though it seems like they they still need to figure that out a bit more with cold war i expect that yeah when world war ii vanguard or whatever it ends up being called comes out they'll have ideas for that too and i'm curious to see if they're able to pull that off yeah it makes me want battlefield though if you're gonna if you're gonna do that i need i need that counterpart to call of duty with battlefield 6 mm. or whatever it's gonna work. hey i mean it's it's uh slated for this year and so i think this fall you're gonna get the battlefield versus call of duty battle even though i don't know if battlefield i don't know if battlefield's in that in that place anymore to have that battle be as competitive as it, as it felt like it used to be back like when battlefield 3 was a thing if they don't put it in world war 2 <laughs> then they might have a goddamn chance <laughs> Let's move on to story number two. Uh, Hades wins big, uh, or Hades wins best game at the BAFTA Game Awards 2021. I'm pulling directly from Marie D'Alessandri at gamesindustry.biz. Hades was the undisputed winner of the BAFTA Game Awards 2021, bringing home five trophies. Supergiants hit one best game, artistic achievement, game design, narrative, and performer in a supporting role for Logan Cunningham, his first BAFTA win. Animal Crossing, The Last of Us Part 2, and Sackboy A Big Adventure each won two awards. That's a big shout out to Sackboy A Big Adventure for tying with The Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> I love Sackboy A Big Adventure. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, Animal Crossing won Game Beyond Entertainment and Multiplayer, while Sackboy took home the British game and family categories. The Last of Us Part 2 won the Animation Trophy, while Laura Bailey received her first BAFTA for Performer in a Leading Role for a performance as Abby. Naughty Dog's acclaimed game also won EE Game of the Year, which was voted for by the public. Colleges, do any of these ones surprise you? I, I think Hades winning Game of the Year makes sense, given, given the, the, the last year of games that we got and, and how Game Awards have gone so far. No, I mean, I, I think that, this, you know, looking at the kind of list, and I know you're going to kind of run through it. Yeah, it feels like everyone who won, they, they nailed who it was. It was really nice to see Laura Bailey get kind of choked up at, at, at winning for performer in a leading role. That was, that was actually really, really sweet. Uh, she's awesome uh yeah it, it feels like everything is pretty much in line with what it, what i had a, a feeling for yeah yeah I'm, I'll, I'll run through the f- full list of winner for the winners for the bafta awards it goes like this i, th- I believe these are in alphabetical order uh starting at best animation you got the last of this part two artistic achievement was hades audio achievement was ghost of tsushima uh best game was hades british game was sackboy big adventure <laughs> which i think is awesome in the category <laughs> such a good category <laughs> british game uh debut game was carrion Evolving game, Sea of Thieves, Family Game, uh, Sackboy Big Adventure, Game Beyond Entertainment, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Game Design was Hades, Multiplayer was Animal Crossing New Horizons, Music was Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Narrative was Hades, Original Property was Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, Performer in a Leading Role was Laura Bailey for The Last of Us Part Two. Performer in a Supporting Role, Logan Cunningham for Hades, Technical Achievement, Dreams, and then EE Game of the Year, uh, which is voted on by the public, was Last of Us Part Two. I think that I like that they do with... Uh, their game awards BAFTA is that they have they they def, they, they differentiate best game from game of the year yeah which is which is, is a thing that I very much like I push for because I think yeah. game of the year is a concept of like hey this is the game that defines the year this is the game that uh uh you know had the most impact or whatever it is something that is more analogous to 
times person of the year i think makes sense versus best game which you can judge on a game design plus story plus mechanical level uh and so yeah best game uh being won by hades and game of the year uh being won by last of parts i know people will probably uh, might dispute that or switch that around or do whatever but i think uh (laughs) is it is is a good differentiator between both categories especially when you compare it to like game awards having best direction which i think people still are confused what that means (laughs) best british game i still love that that's so good yeah would you would you rather would you rather if you had the chance to win an award would you rather get a game award or a bafta Oh, that's a good question. I think for me personally, game award. Yeah. Just because, just like, just because I feel like I get stunt more with a game award. <laughs> you know, like I feel uh, like there's not, but there's like a level of prestige with the like Gary. Witta there's a level has of prestige with the Baftas. BAFTAs. That and is like, prestige. About, and like think about like if you have one Bafta, then you're halfway to you're halfway to getting as many as uh, Gary Witta, You know. I feel like for Baftas for a game for a game Bafta, that's like something that you feel. You can like you can show to your colleagues, or you can show to other people in the industry, and they'll like they'll they'll respect you for that. They'll have they'll be like, "Oh snap, you got a BAFTA! Oh shit!" But I feel like I could go to a friend, go to my friend who isn't even super into video games, and be like, "Yo, I won a, a game award from the the Game Awards," and they'll be like, "Whoa, oh shit!" <laughs> you know, I feel like that. I feel like that's a cool thing in general. Uh, I love. Also, it. Gre- Greg Miller. Uh, I, you know what? I feel like winning a BAFTA would be cool though, because Greg Miller doesn't have a BAFTA, as far as I understand. Exactly. So, and so I could have, not, I could have that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. true, true. What about you? What about you? Would you rather win a BAFTA or a Game Award? I just want to, I just want to be the British Game of the Year. That's a, I just, I just want to be that. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even need to win the BAFTA. So I just want to be the British Game of the Year. That's I want to win. I want to win a Nickelodeon's Kids Choice Award. Yo, <laughs> I've always wanted so I, to win. So a I can get slimed on. Uh. <laughs> I always wanted to win one. Yo, you're so true. Let's let's move on to story number three. Uh, that Microsoft Discord acquisition could happen as soon as next month. This is Jordan Alleman at IGN. A report from the Wall Street Journal citing, quote, people familiar with the matter has backed up a Bloomberg report from earlier this week, which said that Microsoft was in talks to purchase Discord for $10 billion or more, and that Xbox boss Xbox boss Phil Spencer was part of the discussions. Quote, Microsoft and Discord are in exclusive talks and could complete a deal next month, assuming the negotiations don't fall apart, the article says. It also points out that the acquisition is apparently tied to Microsoft, hoping to reach more consumers across both gaming and social networking. A similar drive saw Microsoft pursue an abandoned acquisition of TikTok last year. This is, mm. this is the thing we've been talking a lot, a lot about over the last week as this news has been, has been coming up more and more. Uh, I think yeah. a couple days ago when I was hosting with Janet, I, I mentioned that um, this would make sense not only from a game side but just from a general Microsoft enterprise side. Like Discord is just a valuable tool in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that can make sense on on both fronts. Kyle, where do you stand with this Microsoft Discord acquisition? Do you, do you think it's going to happen? What do you think this is going to also do for Microsoft if it does happen? I think it's going to happen. I mean, I've been saying for the past couple of years, I was like, whoever is the company between Microsoft and Sony who snatches up Discord is going to win this generation when it comes to that part of that conversation. I think it's that important to the ecosystem. I think it is extremely important. Again, you just you and I just talked about some of the pain points that we're finding within certain games in terms of cross-game chat. And what is the solution for when that thing doesn't work? Everybody jumps on Discord to go talk about and talk to each other while you need to go play your game. So for Microsoft to be able to snag this and potentially and hopefully, this is the the hope, is hopefully integrate this directly into the OS of the Xbox Series X and S. Um, That'd be a huge win because it just, again, it bridges the gap between so many different things. And it makes so much sense for the way that they're thinking about things with the Xbox network. And Game Pass, you know, you want to be able to play stuff with your friends on PC. The thing that they need to really focus in after that is maybe talk to the folks over at Epic and figure out how to get the APIs to make sure that everything that they do has cross uh, cross game progression and cross game play. And if you do that alongside getting Discord, you have won this generation in lots of different ways that you will probably still just not even get the credit for. Which is the it's just the mo of Microsoft right now is they do so much dope stuff and never get the credit for it. So um, yeah, I think I think it's just huge in in a real yeah. real profound way. Yeah, no, I I think I think there's so much you can do with this as, as Microsoft. I think it was Tim and Tamora who might have been talking about this yesterday, talking about how or maybe it was somewhere else. I forget where I heard about where somebody I listened to and or follow on Twitter talked about how uh, you know imagine Discord coming like Discord Nitro coming with 
um, a month of Xbox Game Pass, right? Yeah. Or you sign up for, for Discord, and you automatically get a month of Xbox Game Pass for free. What that does in terms of getting people in, in with how many people are on Discord nowadays. I saw somebody in chat ask, like, how much does Discord mean to the, to the casual gamer? And the answer is a lot. Right. Like over the last year, Discord doesn't only just mean a lot for the casual gamer. Discord means a lot in general, just as a voice chatting app and a video discussion app. And like those obviously have blown up over the over the last year. And Discord has that has pretty much has that market cornered in terms of the gaming space. If you're a gamer on PC and you want a voice chat outside of your game, you're using Discord. Uh, and so that's going to be a big get for them if they're able to get that. And yeah, there's going to be a lot of things they can do with that in, in terms of building synergy between Xbox and Discord that. It's going to be huge if that deal goes through. So yeah. we'll keep our eyes on that one. Kyle, before I get to story number four, I want to tell you about our sponsor, of course. You can go to patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by DoorDash. Did you forget that one thing at the store? Now you can get snacks, drinks, and household essentials in 30 minutes with DoorDash. DoorDash connects you with the restaurants you love right now and right to your door. And right now, you can get the grocery essentials you need with DoorDash, too. Get drinks, snacks, and other household items delivered in under an hour. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Australia, and now Canada, you can support your, no- your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES2021. For our Canadian listeners, use code GAMESCA. That's 25% off, up to $10 in value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021 in the U.S. and GAMESCA in Canada. Don't forget, that's code GAMES2021 or GAMESCA for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. We're also brought to you by Gabby. We're all looking for ways to save money, right? Especially now. So let me ask you this. How would you like to keep an extra $961 a year in your pocket? That's how much Gabby customers save per year on average on car and home insurance. That's why when shopping for insurance, you should use Gabby. This is the time of the year we go for shopping for insurance. Well, Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples-to-apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. Just link your just link your current insurance account, and in just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have. Gabby customers save $961 per year on average. I bet that'd be nice to have in your pocket every year. If they can't find you savings like they did for Tim Gettys, they'll let you know so you can relax knowing that you have the best rate out there. And they'll never sell your info, so no annoying spam calls or robo-messages. You're probably, I like the idea of a robo-messages. The actual copy says no more annoying spam or robocalls, but I ad-libbed that to robo-messages. And now I'm like, man, I imagine that iRobot future. The robots are te- texting you. They're like trying to get you insurance. And you're like, no, please, God, no. Nah, not in my house. Not with Gabby. I mean, Gabby. you'd feel less. Uh, you'd feel less guilty about like hanging up on them, you know. And it's true. You you can leave them on red. Leave them robots on red. Yeah, exactly. You know, and they don't get their their feelings hurt. You're probably overpaying on car and home insurance. See how much Gabby can save you. It's totally free to check out, and there's no obligation. Go to gabby.com/gamesdaily. That's g-a-b-i.com/gamesdaily. Gabby.com/gamesdaily. We're also brought to you by Game Attack. Game Attack is within reach of the top 10 sub 2 channels in all of Twitch. A channel with 30,000 followers is close to outsubbing Tim the Tapman. March to the Top is Game Attack's attempt to show the gaming world that small and mid-sized channels can thrive with a quality audience to measure of uh, to the measure of those with millions of followers. Right now they may eclipse their own follower account with their subscriber account. That's wild. That is wild right there. The final stretch until the March 31st deadline when thousands of, the final stretch until the March 31st deadline when thousands of their gifted subs fall off features their wildest dreams yet. Tonight, they are doing a messed up Mario Party where subs affect player actions. Then Saturday is a stop AAPI hate charity stream. Monday is a Doom 2016 noob versus pro challenge against Lawrence Sontag. And then the home stretch is Wednesday. That'll be a victory lap stream featuring an attempt at the biggest hype train in Twitch history. Dude, that's awesome. You can, you can, be, you can make world history by being a part of that stream, part of that hype train. 
Either way, it'll be a victory lap for Game Attack, the G1s, and everyone, including Kind of Funny, that helped them along the way. It's been an incredible, validating, life-changing experience to get help from those we've dreamed to work with. Thank you, and we'll all see you soon. And of course, that message is directly from Game Attack. You remember, remember last week, uh, we did a stream with them, and through that stream, they, they were able to win the honor to be, be sponsored. And so, uh, Sean has been running the, the, these, uh, the, the, these ad copies for KFGD, uh, and, and it's been very much awesome to see. Barry, I don't know if you saw the one yesterday where Tim called. Oh him yeah, up. he called. I, I saw the video on Twitter where it was going back and <laughs> forth between the the streams in real time. Yeah. And, Tim and, hung, and Tim and hung up, and that he was still talking. He kept going the- <laughs> for like a good minute too. Yeah. Like he did not stop talking, which is hilarious. And so, if you want to check out uh, the video we're talking about, that's over on Corey Cudney's Twitter. Um, I don't know his is at, but just type in Corey Cudney. I'm sure you'll find him. Ka. Let's move over to story number four. Outriders yeah. will permanently brand cheaters. This is from Haley Williams at GameSpot. During the Outriders demo period, deli- developer People Can Fly has so far identified 200 cheaters out of 2 million total participants. While the number is relatively small, the dev doesn't plan to go easy on them or any future players who think they can get around the game's anti-cheat system. As reported by PC Gamer, the studio has, has announced that cheaters will receive a permanent on-screen brand for even one infringement. The prospective punishment is, is described as a discreet but visible watermark that will be overlaid on cheaters' screens, permanently marking them as, as untrustworthy. The watermark idea is likely aimed at YouTubers and streamers who might be, who might be tempted to use hacks to accumulate click-worthy amounts of high-level loot, like one demo player who was called out by the team after they gave themselves 600 legendary weapons. Uh, this is a an awesome idea. I like the idea of being able to just be like, cool, we're just going to watermark your screen so that if you're, if you're streaming this and you're cheating, all your audience is going to know and they're going to hate oh, you. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Shout out to People Can Fly. Shout out to Square Enix. I, I As a new Outriders brand ambassador, uh, I, I find this to be very, very, very cool. I, I'm happy that this is going to be a thing. I want to go into that thing, just be able to see. I, w- I wish there was a way to kind of like, if you wind up partying up with somebody randomly, and 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 you wind up pulling them in and matchmaking. If there's a way to see it too, like they oh, have yeah. like the old. Oh school. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure for sure you'll be able to see it. It'll probably be like next oh. to a username or something. Oh, it's so good. I want to see what it looks like too. Did they did they put up any screens of what it looks like? What their proposal is supposed to look like too? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see any uh, any screens. I think they just talked about it. But oh. they also mentioned like that that that's gonna be such a good thing. And they also mentioned that um, along with that, they'll also make have cheaters match with other cheaters as a lot oh. of other games do, which is. It's phenomenal. It's I, so it's phenomenal. so good. It's so it's so good. I, I do wonder though if there is a period of time in, 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 that you have to kind of like you know pay your debt and then and then it winds up going away, or if you're just like permanently with the scarlet letter all over your screen. That would be so good. Yeah. That would be so good. So yeah. Good. No, I'm 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 all about this. Don't cheat in online video games. Like that's not a cool thing to do. You know if you're cheating in single player games, you own your games, you're not playing with other people. Do your thing. Have go go crazy. But don't cheat online because we'll find you and we'll brand yeah, you. Yeah, people can you fly. You wouldn't steal a car. Oh wait, you wouldn't wrong, steal wrong, a car. PSA, wrong PSA. <laughs> Close enough. I mean, you're getting there. You're getting there. Story number five. Let's round this out by talking about a PSA. Uh, Battle and Wonder World's day one patch is set to fix epileptic triggers in the in the game. This is Marie D'Alessandri at GamesIndustry.biz. Square Enix urged players to download and install the day one patch for Balan Wonderworld following reports of flashing lights which can act as a trigger for those at risk of epilepsy. Developed by Japanese studio Arzest and Square Enix subsidiary Balan Company, the platform is releasing today. However, users reported on Twitter that the final boss fight featured a quote, potentially seizure inducing effect taking the form of repeated flashing lights. In a statement sent to GamesIndustry.biz, a spokesperson from Square Enix said the issue is fixed by Balan Wonder World's first patch. Quote, please ensure that you install the day one patch before, before playing Balan Wonder World, the statement read. We received reports of photosensitivity or a fo- photosensitive epilepsy risk from a potential flashing bug if, pl- if playing the game unpatched. The day one patch prevents this issue as well as enhances the overall play experience. End quote. Kyle, this is the second high profile game in the last four months that have had these issues and one i want to shout out the fact that uh good games reporting good games media work good games journalism is dope because these things come to surface and these things get fixed and so i want to shout that out first and foremost but like what do you think what do you think is going on here in terms of this being a repeated thing that big publishers are, are getting wrong 
I mean, it's it, you file all of this of like how did this get through cert and like how does it get through certification? And shout out to Liana Rupert, uh, mm. who Game Informer, yeah, from Game Informer, Dirty F and Hippie on Twitter, uh, for for doing that work over on Cyberpunk. I think again, it's like one of those things where I, I just don't understand, and it makes me kind of remember just how sometimes when games are getting rushed through the process because of publishers sometimes often wanting to get things through the gate faster so they can hit their specific kind of launch windows you know what that looks like from a from a a financials perspective which usually drives things getting kind of pushed pushed through faster it just takes a little bit more time to have more folks kind of look at a thing once or twice and help the help the qa team see this stuff so that when it goes out into the world you don't hurt people which is the, the thing that you you want to make sure you're not doing so I, 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 I'm I'm not one to to call things lazy because I, I video game making is very very hard, um, but it is a thing that you have to pay attention to that kind of stuff because, again, it goes under a lot of the conversations that we've seen with with friends like Steve Saylor and so many others about why accessibility is so important to making sure that you understand the audiences that you're going to be hitting and that everyone is going to be playing your stuff at some point. So you got to make sure you're keeping people safe. Yeah, yeah, and I it's something that I, I think more and more we're learning that that you have to have people along in the development process for this yeah. stuff who know what accessibility looks like and know how to catch these things like one i think this should be caught in certification like it's it's upsetting that this seems to be a thing that consistently gets through and with, with cyberpunk it's like all right how much cert did that game even get in the first place but <laughs> for something like battle and wonder world 2 like you know also uh it's these are these are things that have to that have to be caught and the yeah. fact that one, it seems like an afterthought, and two, they're calling it a they, in, in their statement, right? They they called it a bug, but as far as I understand, like that wasn't a bug. That was just a that was a feature <laughs> that you just you just didn't you didn't you didn't catch, right? Like that's yeah. that's in programming, like that's a purposeful thing. If you have all these flashing lights included in the final boss fight, that's a thing that 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 that's the thing that you what you shouldn't call a bug. Bugs yeah. are bugs are 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 glitches, things that are that are wrong in code, things that you didn't catch from that standpoint. This is straight up ignorance. This is straight it's up in just, the boss battle. Yeah, it's in the boss battle. <laughs> you can't you in the final boss battle. You have done so much work to make sure that that thing plays well. You had to. And if you did not catch that, that's just negligence at that point. Yeah. Ka I can't wait for the future where we see more game developers taking good accessibility into account and actually doing the work to make sure their games don't cause epileptic triggers. But that future may be far away, hopefully sooner than later. But <laughs> if I if I want to know what's coming out to mom and drop shops today, where'd I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, we got space-based Startopia for PS5, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Caves in the Wild Masks for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. It Takes Two for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X slash S, Xbox One, and PC. Balan Wonderworld for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X slash S, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. It's wild. It's wild now that we're we're now that we're deeper into the beginning of the current generation. We're getting more games that are just cross-platform for everything. Everything, and that is going to make for a tiring out today section for a while. We got Genesis Noir for Xbox One, Switch, PC, and Mac. Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time for PC. Tank Brawl 2 for uh, Armor Fury for Xbox One and PC. Monster Hunter Rise for Switch. Die with Glory for Xbox One. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2 for PS5 and Xbox Series X. Doodle Games Bundle for Switch. One Escape for Switch. Power Racing Bundle 2 for Switch. Out of the Park Baseball 22 for PC and Mac. Then we... Then we have one new date. Uh, Adeptus Titanicus Dominus is leaving early access in March twenty on March twenty sixth. It sounds like that title is still in early access, though. Dude, Adeptus Titanicus Dominus. Yo, sh- sh- shout out to y'all! Shout out to y'all for doing your thing, man. I, go, I, go that's, it, it's a game. commitment, you know. Go title what? your game. Of course, folks can write into patreon.com slash kind of funny games where they can get the show ad free. They can they can uh, write in with their squad ups. They can also write in with their questions. And Khalif, I got a question here from. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to pick which question I want to ask. I'm, I'm going to ask this question. I got a question here from Jordan Rowan who writes in about video game movies. Jordan Rowan writes. With Ghost of Tsushima being made into a movie, is there more pressure than ever on these upcoming video game movies to hit? Love you, Jordan. 
Khalif Adams, we're entering, it seems like, a new era for video game movies. We're coming off of Detective Pikachu and Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, <laughs> I don't know why those are the two go-tos I went to. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's like the idea that we're entering into a new era. We're coming off of Detective Pikachu and Sonic the Hedgehog, but you get what I mean. And we're also gonna get we're also gonna get a bunch of PlayStation production. I mean, shit. I it's funny, but it's it's kind of sad to say those are like the, <laughs> those are the last two high profile video game movies, and, and they were like kind of good. Weirdly, they were, they were, they were, and you it's just can't really say that about any video game movie. Yeah. <laughs> And again, I'm not saying they're great movies. Like, <laughs> it's just what we have available to us, you know. You know? Uh, <laughs> we're coming. We're coming off. With, sorry, we're entering a new era. All right, we're coming off Detective Pikachu and Sonic the Hedgehog. We're about to get Mortal Kombat, and then with, with PlayStation Productions, we're also going to get the Last of Us uh, series and the uh, Ghost Shima movie. <laughs> Do you think? there's going to be more pressure on studios to actually make these video game movies good. Do you think we're actually going to start seeing good video game movies? I mean, to, to be fair, I think that a lot of weight is going to wind up leaning at least in the kind of like not too distant future on the mortal Kombat one, which I think is going to be of the ones. Cause we saw the monster hunter one, you know, with Mila not do really well, or at least is, I don't even know if that thing came out. I it think did. It, came out. it came in one, I think came and went. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I don't feel like, game movies are going to be the thing that gets well tread through when it comes to trying to figure out where movies land like i would love to see someone kind of take another stab at a resident evil movie in a real way that doesn't have mila in it because uh, i love mila but i think her time is done on that series mortal Kombat right now i think is going to be the spot and i think i think it really depends on if they really do feel like they're kind of leaning into what makes those series great but then it makes me think about like of the series of things that are out now or, or games that I think in the kind of, you know, most recent or, you know, have just been debuted or you know, the past five, ten, five, ten years that I would want to see into an actual movie like Bloodborne would be a really dope movie. Yeah. Uh, Did you listen if, on uh, yesterday's KFGD, Tam gave his pitch for a Bloodborne TV show and it sounded really dope. Like his idea was basically that each episode is basically focusing on a different character within that that yeah. uh, universe. And as you as as you progress through, you're getting more idea of like the cosmic nature of the world and all that stuff, which could be a really cool idea, honestly. Yeah, I mean, games that I don't want to see become movies: Death Stranding. Like, I don't want that to be a movie. Mm-hmm. Please don't make that a movie. Uh, that would be a really bad movie. Yeah. Uh, unless unless you kind of flipped it into the dismantling of the USPS. Uh, which would be a really good would, would be a really good God. turn. What about Battle and Wonder World? Do you think that would work as a movie? I mean, it depends. No. If, they, if they one day patch, if they first day patch the movie, <laughs> uh, if they could do that first, and that would be great because I don't want to I don't want to have epileptic seizure. Um, but I think that there are going to be spaces for you know games going forward. But I, I just wonder, do folks at home really like have high expectations? I don't think so. Like most people, when you hear video game movie, your expectations are already kind of low. Yeah. Uh, but I think Witcher was a, a turning point in there too, right? Where you oh saw yeah, Witcher is a good one. Come out of a of, of a movie based thing, so so we'll see. You know, yeah. Roblox the movie that's a live action one that'll be fantastic when that drops. Uh, in a weird, wait, in a, I'm joking. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> in a weird way, I feel like video game movies as an idea is just less of an exciting thing when it comes to a like. Us getting to the era of good video game movies doesn't strike me as exciting. It's not like comic book movies, where I feel like comic books have a specific energy and a specific like when you're talking when you're talking comic books, on the broad on the broad broad most visible level, you're talking about Marvel and DC. And then you start getting into the the, the different uh comic book companies from there. And when I say comic book movie, something immediately jumps to mind. You're thinking superheroes, or you're thinking something wild in concept. Uh whereas video game movies, when we're talking about them, we are talking about <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog and Detective Pikachu, but then also we're talking about shows like The Witcher, and we're also talking about the Mortal Kombat thing coming up. We're also going to talk about we're also talking about the Last of Us series, and all these are wildly different in yeah. in tone and wildly different in concept. And what I expect from Ghost of Tsushima is way different from what I expect from Detective Detective Pikachu. Um, and so, like, I in terms of of uh, the question we got here, right? Like, is there going to be more pressure on video game movies to actually hit? I don't think I don't think so because I don't think people are comparing Detective Pikachu to Ghost of Tsushima. But I do think I do think we're we're hitting the place where this ceiling is getting higher and higher for how good a video game movie can be. I think the Ghost of Tsushima movie 
I have I have good expectations for it because I think that is a game that you can make into a movie and it can translate well and be good because at the simple level, right? It's a samurai story. Like it is a game that is right. influenced by movie, influenced by the films that came before it. And I think there's a lot you can do with Jin as a character and that that setup of the story of him reclaiming reclaiming Tsushima. I think that film premise leaves a lot to work with. Um, I think stuff like that is going to be good. Last of Us is still one that I struggle with a little bit. I think it's yeah. in good. I think it's in good hands. But when I think of the Last of Us, uh, I can I can like I know the Last of Us story beat by beat because yep. those characters are so iconic. That story is so well told, and any difference that I see in the in the in the TV series, I I. I'm gonna be able to identify it as a difference. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be able to tell that. Oh man, okay, like this scene towards the beginning of winter where Ellie use uh, Ellie uh, uh, arrows the 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 rabbit right and kills it. Oh man, they did it differently here, or they didn't include it, right? Or they didn't include this character, or they treated um, uh, uh, you know Joel's the, brother differently. The, the emotional context in this scene is different and stuff. It's like entirely that. different. Yeah. I feel like that stuff is way more identifiable in the last list, but I'm still excited to see them attempt because i think it is in good hands and I, and I and i think there's two versions of this in which you can do this really well you have to either go super fantastical so that the visuals carry the movie so like you know in a in a game like uh, god of war they did a god of war movie mm-hmm. we know we're going to have an idea of what that's going to look like visually and how that visual translation works is going to be what drives that particular thing because the story is good but the, the visuals is, is what's going to kind of capture it when i think about games like goes to Tsushima and and Last of Us. I mean, I love Last of Us too, and and all the things that kind of went along with it. But I think games where the narrative is supposed to be the thing that drives it, you then need a really strong narrative from the game initially to then give me the ability to feel like it would make a good movie. And I think there are not, there aren't too many games that have nailed that first before you kind of move to the next step of say we want to make an, a, a, a film adaptation of it. So mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that they have to nail first. It's like if you make a really good game story within the game that you've made it you know made first then you can have that conversation about making a movie so what you're saying is that the sonic movie shouldn't have happened i hey i'm not i'm not gonna crap on any sonic fans if you, if, you know <laughs> we appreciate go you fast. thank you Khalif. gotta go fast gotta Khalif go fast here. solidarity yep. uh Khalif, this is kind of funny games daily's 900th episode wow. would you believe it you're on a, you're on it here with me i appreciate you i also appreciate the best friend named kenny Ballou, who wrote in with an email detailing all the different stats for kind of funny games daily over the last wow. few years and so kenny Ballou, uh you're gonna be not this week's squad up but we're skipping squad up this is one of the rotating segments the 100th episode uh breakdown uh kenny Ballou writes in with this it's KFGD's 900th episode. Today, Friday, March 26, 2021, is the 900th episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Congrats. As I did for the previous 100-episode milestones, I put together some fun stats and fun facts about the show. This milestone may have been the most challenging to track with a bunch of new hosts and hosting combos, but I've expanded my spreadsheet and I'm ready to provide an update. Feel, pre- feel free to pare down and then I'll post the full round- rundown on the Reddit like usual. Uh, I'm not... Pun- I'm not- pared it down <clears throat> too much i'm probably going to only like read the top numbers for certain for certain lists if you want the full thing definitely go to reddit check out kenny blue's post over there there have been a total of 118 hosts on the show for the regulars the rankings are as follows greg with 589 shows that's plus 54 since the last hundred tim with 296 shows that's plus 31 uh me blessing with 196 shows that's plus wow. 51, putting me in the top three Andrea, RIP, with 172 shows, that's plus one since 800. Gary, with 135 shows, that's plus 21. Imran, rest in peace, with 98 shows, that's plus 17. Jared, RIP, with 65 shows. Fran, with 57 shows. Danny, RIP, that's Daniel Dwyer, with 23 shows. And Andy Cortez, with 17 shows, that's plus three since the last 100. For the guests, Paris Lilly and Janet Garcia lead the way with four episodes each. Anthony and I should also clarify that this isn't th- these stats aren't going to include the current episode, obviously, because these stats are coming in fresh. And so the Khalif Adams is probably somewhere in there too. Yeah, yeah. Khalif Adams, Khalif, uh, Khalif, you're in the top, you're in the that top spot now for guests because uh, yeah. I believe this is your fourth episode. Damn right. Uh, Anthony Gallegos, Chastity Vicencio, Cheeks Jr., Belinda Garcia, Mike Mahardy, Alana Pierce, Austin Creed, Khalif Adams, who now isn't part of this list, and Tabor Hussein have all hosted three times. 
Anthony Carboni, Christian Phillips, Brittany Brombacher, Kat Bailey, Aiden Strahoon, David Yagno, Steve Saylor, Nathan Brandt, Odell, Odell Harmon Jr., Bruce Green, Victor Lucas, Gabe Patillo, Ben, ben Hansen, and Laura Kate Dale have all hosted twice. 79 other guests have hosted once. Now it's time for hosting combos. At number one, we have Greg and Tim with 136 shows. Number two, Greg and, and Andrea with 120 shows. Number three, Greg and Gary with 90, 91 shows. Number four, Greg and Bless, 90, or 62 shows. Uh, number five, Tim and Bless, 56 shows. Number six, Blessing and Emron, 42 shows. And I'm going to end here, number seven, Greg and Jared, 29 shows. Wow. Uh, let's see here. Some other random pairings we've gotten. Tim and Tamora have hosted together three times now. Uh, Greg and Anthony Carboni have hosted together two shows. Uh, Greg and Anthony Gallegos, two shows. Uh, I'll skip through. You can ca- me and Jana Garcia did two shows. Me and Paris Lily have done two. Me and Ka now have done three before it yep. was two. Uh, there have been there have been three shows of KGD where there are more than two person hosts. The first two were three hosts. Uh, the first two were three host shows where Greg, Andrea, and Victor Lucas uh, on December twelfth, twenty seventeen. Then Greg, Andrea, and Tim hosted May eighteenth, twenty eighteen. The latest was on July 23rd, 2020, when it was a five-host show. Greg, Tim, Blessing, Andy, and Snow White Mike all joined together to host after the Xbox Showcase. The show is run by one of the hosts who reads the Roper Report, segment transitions, etc. The rankings for this is, at number one, it's Greg, 570 shows. That is plus 52 since episode 800. Uh, I'm at number two with 145 shows. That's plus 40 since episode 800. Tim has hosted 77 shows. That's plus six since 800. And then following is Andrea at 30 and then Emron at 29. This is amazing how detailed this is. It is incredibly detailed. And Kenny Blue is doing the awards work. he does it every time. Every hundred. Every hundred episodes. Kenny Blue deserves a BAFTA. Yo, we gotta get. Yeah, we gotta get get Kenny, Kenny Blue, Blue at Kenny least Blue, uh, a deserves Bre- a best British game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, at least that. <laughs> no doubt. For some advanced metrics, the rankings for percentage of shows uh, shows run to show shows hosted for KF employees and part timers is this: Greg has hosted 96.8 percent of the shows he's been on. I've hosted 74 percent of the shows I've been on. Still, Mike Mike has hosted 42.9 percent. Jared 35 percent. The list goes on. Go to Reddit, Reddit for that. Uh, rankings for who has done the sound effects for the show, being the Roper's <laughs> Report, Jingle, Baker's Dozen, etc. Kevin has done it the most, obviously, with 615 <laughs> shows. That's plus 91. And then Barrett with 164 shows. That's plus 9. Um, and then, let's see here. Incredibly... I gotta it, run the show more, man. Yeah, yeah you gotta run the show more. I don't, uh, you they don't let good me run the show. the show. I only get to run the show when Kevin's busy, you know what I'm saying? Barrett, I love I'm it when you run the show. You bring good energy. You have good yeah. takes. I love you. I've been saying I miss Barrett on more shows anyway, so I've been saying. Oh, thanks, Scott. Incredibly, there have now been a total of 253 shows since the last show in the studio. Mm. Uh, sad face. That means okay. over one quarter. That wow. That means over one quarter of all the KFGD episodes have not been in the studio. Wow. Yeah. Since the Patreon post shows were added in January 2020, there have been only seven shows of the 303 total shows without a post show. Kevin continues to contribute signature additions to the show. On November 5th, 2020, Blessing brought a plate of bacon to eat over the course of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin quickly put together a bacon graphic to pop up when Blessing ate the bacon. And I think I I, I remember I threw Kevin off with that one because I ate it very early on in the show because that was very Oh, my God. Our long-lost host... Jared Petty made a special appearance on December 3rd, 2020, when Greg called him up to discuss everyone's favorite handheld, the PS Vita. In a horrifying scare on January 13th, Greg and Gary announced that announced that would be the last Widow Wednesday. Thankfully, Widow Wednesday would live on on Tuesdays uh, when the real news announced hashtag take that blessing. But I made the best of it, everybody. All right. I've been killing it all on Wednesdays. You can't okay. tell me different. On February 3rd, 2021, Imran confirmed a blessing that about 50% of the time he remembered his promise he made on July 7th, 2020, to say one lie each episode. What lies have been told? Sources have told me that Imran took his new job to save himself from having to come up with a new lie each time he hosted a new show. True. On February 17th, Andy came back on the show as a host, uh, breaking a streak of 133 shows since the last time he appeared. The prodigal son has returned. Uh, and then Kenny Blue ends with this. I do want to seriously thank you guys for all the hard work you put into the show and your and your other shows slash podcasts slash streams. For someone with a desk job like me, these shows help make my days go fa- go faster and help me feel like I'm talking with friends even when I can't. 
And a specific thanks for, for the expansion of KFGD to include so many diverse voices. The show is now that much more informative and entertaining to listen to because of it. Thank you. I look forward uh, to when the full new team is in the studio. And I'll see you back for episode 1000. Thank you, Kenny Baloo. Kenny Baloo, thank Baloo. you. Kenny Baloo. You did Baloo. the damn Clap thing. Clap it up for Kenny Baloo. Kenny Baloo. Round of, round of applause for Kenny Baloo. Kenny Baloo killed it. Uh, you do a great job with the wrap-ups. And thank you so much for listening and caring Can so much. Can I ask something real fast? Go for it. I would love to do. I'm, I, this is this is me jumping on the soapbox real fast. I would love to co-host the show with Andy, Andrea, and then maybe Paris one day. Ooh, I, I do want to see the Khalif Paris dynamic on K, on KFG. We think, gotta I make that. I'm honestly really scared of it. Like I was scared of. <laughs> Of I Paris. think they might throw hands. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like thank God this is virtual. <laughs> you know, I was scared of not- pa- uh, Paris and Danny uh, last week on Xcast. Like, I thought I was gonna have to like uh, be like the the teacher and like separate the two, but they're actually like it, they they actually came together and it was really sweet. But like before, uh, I was really scared. Uh, so like, I yeah, would dude, I would gosh. fly down. I would fly down once pandemic is over to do that show live. We to to do the meet and me and Paris show live. I'm saying it live on on the show now. I would fly down from Portland to make that to make that a real thing. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. That's where you write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. Our one you're wrong for this episode, and I'm actually shocked. Usually we have a bunch of your wrongs and like most of them aren't really your wrongs editorializing. We really we only got two write-ins. One of them was additional info that I don't think was as needed, but uh, we got one you're wrong here from Kebabs who writes in and says, the new Ratchet and Clank has you traveling through different realities, not time. Maybe Kyle was thinking of uh, about a crack in time from 2009. Yes. Yep. Boom. There you go. Nice. Of course, with uh, it's Friday, which means that your week is over, but we have a new week coming up. The next week's hosts go like this. On Monday, it's me and uh, it's me and Greg. Actually, that is a change. On Monday, it's me and Greg. Tuesday, Greg and Gary Witta. Wednesday, it is me and Tim. Thursday, it's Andy and Nick for the highly anticipated April Fools episode. So get hyped for that. Then on Friday, it's me and Lucy James from Gamespot. I'm really <sighs> scared for when they like announce uh, like uh, Starfield on on April Fool's. You know, oh my god! Like I'm really I'm scared, scared for any big news coming out on the Andy and Nick episode. <laughs> I cannot wait. That's gonna be your April Fool's episode. Get oh, hyped for it. So good. If you're watching this live, you're gonna be with, with Lucy. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, no, I'm super excited to host with Lucy because I'm not I'm not hosting with her before. We, we've gotten to play Overwatch in the past, and it's uh, it's a good time hanging with Lucy, and so that's gonna be a good one. Yeah. If you're watching this live on Twitch after this, we're playing Overwatch on PC with the community. Also, during this show, the embargo for Nobody Saves the World broke. Uh, you can come find out why Greg thinks this new game could be drink boxes best, better than Guacamelee, uh, 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 better than Severed. You can find that on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and included in, in the Xcast tomorrow. That's Drinkbox's new game they just announced. That's right. We got content for it. You think I didn't know about Drinkbox's new game? I knew all about it. That's a lie. Greg knows all about it. He'll tell you all yeah. about it later on. And then Khalif Adams, thank you so much for joining me, hanging out, being on the KFGD. Um, where can people find you if they want to check out your work? Before before I give all the all the spiel, I have to say again, thank you to Barrett for for running the show. Uh, bless, you know, I love you. You are continuing to to impress me every day with everything that you do. Blessing show is fucking brilliant. You and Rod, thank you, man, are, are killing it right now. So Watch, the blessing, Watch, Watch the, blessing the blessing show. Watch the blessing show. A uh, real long list of stuff uh, is I'm hosting Dice. Uh, that's coming up in April. You can find Spawnami's show on all podcast platforms. We just dropped a new episode, which literally is mostly all about the conversation around six days of Fallujah. I felt like there weren't a lot. It wasn't a lot of really good nuance around that conversation. Uh, so we're so we're hitting that and, and talking about that in a real way this week. So please go check that out on YouTube. Uh, we're trying to get to 10,000 subscribers there. We got a far way to go, but we're trying to get there. Um, check out the new merch. We got stuff over there. Highscoretees.com slash collections slash spot on me which you can either check out there new dopeness there or you can go to bit.ly slash som gear to go check out that stuff i'm also doing a new show with a guy named greg miller and the amazing alana pierce uh, over on cloud nine's channel called presence of mind all about mental health and well-being sponsored by kaiser permanente so they are helping us out uh with that wonderful thing there and there's a couple of things that are coming up soon uh, that I'll be be rocking. I'm going to be doing a stream this weekend. Uh, I don't know exactly what time, but it's going to be for WonderCon. I'm probably going to be playing a couple of hours of Luke Hero because that game is my Ooh. new crack. Uh, that game is super, super good. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm running around doing a whole bunch of stuff. I have 
lots of things in the in the in the cooker uh trying to get done and, and, and making sure those things are, are fantastic so as always kf fam you know i love y'all y'all continue to support me and the rest of the team uh which is actually just me uh <laughs> <laughs> um all the time so so again thank you so much for for all the love you always give me and and shout out wild aces we are the champs oh yeah we the champs Twitch.tv slash spawn on me. Go show call all the love. Go over and follow. Get him to. Uh, you said oh. 10,000 followers. Was that on Twitch or YouTube that you're trying to get to 10,000? YouTube, we're trying to get to. We're trying to get everything to 20K. Uh, everything that I'm on right now Instagram, uh, Instagram.com slash uh, spawn on me podcast. Twitter, I'm almost at 16,000 on my personal account. We're almost at 10 on the show account. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have Chris Charla on the show actually talking about uh, the uh, ID at Xbox showcase next week so that's going to be next week's show we're going to have him on uh yeah we got lots of dope stuff coming so we're trying awesome. to get to the 20k mark uh, across everything so hopefully we can do that this year go support of course this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about we have a patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games so stick around for that otherwise until next time game daily <laughs>